Hello and welcome to the NRL Show, the podcast for all the Mojo Sports fans who love rugby league. I'm your host, Lady, and with Gabby and Lachlan, we are here to bring you the latest tips and insights in the NRL. So with only four rounds left before the finals, the competition is heating up and we've seen some unexpected results that have shaken up the ladder. Which teams will make the cut and which ones will miss out? How are you feeling about your team's chances? So let us know via our social media channels as we love to talk about the NRL. But in this episode, we'll preview round 24 of the NRL and review the best and worst of round 23. The Cowboys, they have a bye this week, but they'll need to regroup after that loss to the Broncos. They'll face the Sharks next week in a crucial clash. So good luck, Cowboys. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. This is the NRL show where we talk all things rugby league. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mojo Sports NRL show. We don't have the full panel on tonight. Last week, due to some scheduling issues, we had two panellists on the bench, Lachlan and Gabby, and they are with us this week, and Emma is actually on the bench. So welcome back to the show, Lachlan. How are you? And I thought the West Tigers put up a fairly good fight against the Canberra Raiders in the last round. Yeah, doing pretty well. Thank you, Lainey. Yeah, I guess we'll talk about the Tigers later on, but, yeah, just another disappointing loss, I think, in the end where it just... If things just went slightly differently, maybe we could have had a different outcome. But how are you going, Lenny? I'm going very well, thank you. Um, it's glad, it's really actually quite nice to have the two of you back. Um, and how are you, Gabby? Your storm side were the victims of Penrith Panthers in the past round. Unsure what your thoughts are on our coverage of our preview that last week. I'm coping as best as I can, but I'm excited to be here with you guys. Excited to chat footy. We're coming into finals. It's exciting time. It is indeed. Um, just outside of our normal sort of uh, NRL news, um, Lachlan, I wanted to ask you because I know uh, you seem to keep a very keen eye on what's going on in uh, the globe when it comes to football. But uh, recent news about the Rugby League World Cup now scheduled for 2026. Just wondering what your thoughts were on that news. Yeah, it was a very interesting announcement from the IRL. I think the first thing that stood out to me was separating the women's and men's tournaments which was surely a long time coming but interested to see how that works out I think a standalone women's tournament can only be a good thing so yeah excited for that then secondly pretty disappointed about the about bringing the team number down and being back in Australia it just feels like every cycle we're like okay we're gonna bring rugby league to this country it's gonna come back in France so we're gonna um it's gonna go big in the states and then it just doesn't happen and we lower the expectations and it's back in Australia or England or New Zealand and we're just not growing the game at all, unfortunately, at the moment. And then the other part of the announcement was the international calendar kind of being back in official terms. Um, but there's just a lot of ambiguity, very vague about what that actually means and whether this whether test matches actually happen as they're now scheduled, like remains to be seen, whether NRL and Super League clubs are going to fight that. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, also just disappointing for countries like Brazil or Greece, who even though they've just made their World Cup debut, they were gearing up to to make a push to qualify. And now they're not going to be there at the next World Cup. And chances are the IRL just won't be able to organise a good enough regional competition because they've really been struggling that with that basically forever. Like it's really hard for lower ranked teams to get quality competitive game time. And that's the only way they're going to get better. So pretty disappointing all up. Hopefully, domestic competitions around the world can continue building, though. Like in the Philippines, in Greece, as I said before, um, the Balkans, there's some really uh, solid clubs that are really settled and have games to play. So that's great to see. Netherlands as well. Hopefully, that can filter into the international scene and we'll see the results in a few decades, maybe, hopefully. Thank you, Lachlan. So round 23 of NRL football's over. Now, Emma and I in our tips last week thought we were going with some sensible tipping. Turns out we weren't overly that sensible um, anyway. But we predicted, you know, that Lachlan, you know, as usual, you're the sort of the, the sense checker when it comes to this sort of stuff. And if you were on the show, um, I'd say you'd be winning the tips with probably seven out of eight because we all would have tipped the um, bunnies winning um, that match up against the against the Sharks. My goodness, even in our preview, um, like just thinking back to it, we were, I don't know, I, like even us, we've all just been saying over the last couple of weeks, oh, yeah, wheels are falling off. Sorry, Sharks, not seeing any good things. And here they come out and completely stunned. Obviously, um, Perth is a lucky city for them to be able to take down the Rabbitohs. Yeah, that was a surprise. Gabby, we also speculated that only you would tip the storm because we tip the Panthers. Like, 
the speculations that Emma and I had as to who you would tip for, looking at the totals, so Emma got three out of eight last round. Um, I got five out of eight. Um, Gabby, you would have gotten six out of eight. Um, and Lachlan, you probably would have gotten seven out of eight the way we predicted as to how you would tip because, you know, you know what you're doing and we just like to see upsets. Any comments? Maybe, maybe I should get you to tip on my behalf every week because, <laughs> gee, that's probably my best result all year. <laughs> Jeez. Well, all I right. did get six out of eight in my other tipping comp, so you did very well. Very good predictions. You know us very well. Uh, well, I like to be unpredictable, so I don't know how you'd go if you were to try and predict my tips each week. I just know exactly what you and Emma, you would have just gone rogue and been like, <laughs> we'll go for the upset. <laughs> we have faith in this team. That's true. Well, I tipped the Tigers last week because I thought they were going to come back and um, like somehow upset over the Raiders. But gosh, what a match. We'll talk about that later for sure. All right. So let's... Uh, do what we usually do um, to review of round 23, team or player best performance. I'll start with you, Gabby. Who have you got on your list? I have got the Titans against the Warriors, although they were the losing side. I thought they were really strong. I think at some point they had only like 12 players for a majority of the game. They had a send-off or something. But I just think they really tested the Warriors. And Jaden Campbell's almost 100-metre try was very impressive to watch, except he should have put it under the post not right on the wing. But, yeah, not, not to discredit the Warriors. I just thought the Titans were, yeah, they come up pretty strong against them. What about you, Lachlan? I'm probably going to go for the team that beat yours, Gabby. I'm going to say Penrith in control. Like, not much else to say. They look like a premiership winning team. What about you, Lainey? I had two players and they were both in losing sides. So, Gabby, like you touched on before, Jaden Campbell, um, so impressive to watch. Um, my husband actually sat down and watched um, that match with me. And he said, who's this guy? Does he play every week? And I said, no, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he was very impressed. And my husband used to play league and union a long, long time ago. But, no, even I was impressed. And, you know, it's one of those matches where uh, you admire players from the opposition, but it's like, please don't do too well because I don't want you to beat my team. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, like Jaden Campbell, certainly a great player to watch. Um, and I and I have a feeling that he might be getting a start much more than AJ Brimson does, but it, I guess it depends on his uh, injury status. Uh, the second player that I had also on a losing side, oh, not losing is a terrible way to put it, but on a side that didn't win was actually Jermaine Isakal for the Dolphins. Um, he got, uh, you know, three tries in that uh, match. And there was this one great try that I do recall where he just – chased the ball all the way down and kind of snatched it from um, Greg Marju's possible hands and uh, managed to put the ball down. So I thought that was probably my sort of play of the round uh, in terms of performance. But, but yeah, Jermaine, just got to work on that kicking a little bit more when it comes to your conversions. Could have won if you made those kicks, you know. There's always room for improvement. Okay, so thank you both. Uh, what were your standouts for uh, under par or underwhelming for the round? I had the... No team in particular or player. I just had the Roosters-Manly game. I just thought the number of penalties, the number of errors, it was like the longest game in the history of games. And it was just, yeah, at some points it was painful to watch. I just think it just went on forever. And, yeah, at this point in the year, I kind of would expect games to be a little bit more exciting than that. But, again, it was Roosters and Manly, so I need to lower my expectations. Lachlan, who did you have as your worst? That's a, that's a good shout. Yeah, that game was a bit rough at times. But, yeah, I went the – it wasn't really a standout, but I did go with the Rabbitohs, I think, just because I was pretty confident in them winning that game. Um, yeah, they're in a bit of trouble now. So I'm interested to see how they react to that loss. I guess we'll find out over the next month or so. What about you, Lainey? I had two teams, the Bunnies. Nothing. Like, they all know what they didn't do. And their fans know what they didn't do. And anyone watching would have seen exactly what they weren't. So I don't think there's more I can really add to that. But geez, you've got to you've got to really start winning some games, bunnies, if you want to stay in this top eight. Yeah, they just look like a different team. But I they are my team and and I'm not being cruel here, but I'd probably say the Warriors, even though they won that match, right? Um, just the fact that for quite a lot of that match, they were against a team that was missing a player. 
and they didn't get a greater margin win over them. Um, I thought was probably just something I had to sort of spotlight. I love you, Warriors, but damn, don't do that again. <laughs> sort it out. All right. Thank you both. Okay. So we are in round 24. Can you believe we've only got three uh, more rounds left before we start working out who's in finals? So there's only one buy this week, and that's with the North Queensland Cowboys. It seemed the bucking Brisbane Broncos showed the Cowboys that this is not their lucky rodeo for that Queensland derby. So enjoy the buy, Cowboys, and get ready for your next match against the Cronulla Sharks in round 25. And they are still without their homes. All right, so, of course, Emma isn't with us tonight, and she'd likely have some thoughts about that game. It was fast-paced. It was exciting, but Broncos just too strong. All right, let's get into the matches ahead. There's a lot to cover this week. The first match of the round is at Brookvale Oval with the Manly Sea Eagles hosting the Penrith Panthers with the Thursday match. Manly is sitting 11th on the NRL ladder, and the Panthers are still sitting at the top of the ladder and very much the favourites coming into this. So if you're keeping an eye on what the betting agencies have uh, pipped the odds at, so last week, Emma and I thought that Manly could possibly come out with the win against the Sydney Roosters, but we were wrong. The Roosters, after I was unsure of what remained in their tanks, surprised me with the win over Manly, although we were correct with our thoughts in the Panthers versus Storm match. Coming into this match, Manly have won less than half of their matches this season, and there was that one draw. So the Panthers are on a winning streak, and they've won 75% of their matches this season, losing only five matches this year. So for the teams... Sean Kepi, he's been named in the front row for Manly following some back spasms, which saw him miss in the last round's match. So he's replacing Matt Lodge, who sadly suffered a knee injury in the Roosters match. So I'm hoping Matt gets a good recovery and he can sit back and enjoy the lead up to football during his lead up to finals football during his rematch because he will be out for the remainder of the season. Ben Trebojevic moves into the starting side and Kalma Tuilangi goes to the bench. So for the Panthers, Ivan Cleary's keeping the same squad that defeated the Storm last week. So Jerome Luai entered an early guilty plea and accepted a fine for a grade one careless high tackle in the Storm match. So he's been named to play in his usual number six jersey. And centre Isaac Tango, he's still sidelined with a leg injury. For this match, Manly will be pulling absolutely everything out if they think that they are going to beat the Panthers in this match. Um, and if they have any hope for finals, they're at 11th place and they're only a point behind South Sydney. So there's probably a lot of movement um, that we should expect to see over this next round of football to determine where they sit. Uh, I've got to say that last match that I did watch for Manly, it was kind of up and down for me. And I think I had sort of high hopes as they went into that match. I'm not sure what um, you know your particular thoughts are, but thinking about this and I think about what the Panthers pulled out last week, it's pretty difficult for me to see how Manly can come to this match and pull out a victory. I mean, look, I have seen stranger things happen. I mean, the Sharks beat the Bunnies last week. So, you know, there, 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 there are probably um, some advantages for Manly. I mean, like they're at home. It's their home ground. They do get a big crowd turnout. Um, I, I'd say that when you think about, like, the kicking game and also you think about uh, what, their, uh, what their attacking players are, please, I don't know whether any of you can convince me otherwise, but it looks to me, and and I feel pretty certain that this is actually Panthers' win. Um, Ivan Cleary has actually done a really good job with keeping his team intact with very few injuries to keep them in good form to see them basically secure what could be a three-peat um, premiership for this year. Manly, they've had such an up-and-down season and with a lot of players coming in and out of injury, look, the only thing that I can see that uh, that could perhaps carry Manly to a win for this is if there's a couple of injured players that come out during the match for Panthers. That's the, that's the only thing that I could see that um, they could help them uh, win this. Looked at it quite clearly thinking, yep, clear. looked at it quite clearly. Uh-huh. Looked at it quite clearly and realised this is going to be an easy Panthers win here. I don't know what uh, what you guys think, but those are my thoughts. Am I wrong to say that this is going to be a domination from the Panthers' side? Absolutely not. Coming from a broken little Storm fan heart from last week. Penrith are just next level. And I've said it before, I've had to eat my words because I have said that they wouldn't go for a three-peat, but goodness me, they look so threatening. And I know Brisbane gets thrown around in the conversation of being the ones to beat them if it does come to that in the end. But they're both two very different styles of football and I think Penrith have just nailed it and they're back at full strength. Nathan Cleary's playing better football now than he was before Origin. 
it's just, yeah, it's frightening. It would have to take like a lightning strike to Nathan Cleary for this to all unfold and go Manly's way. So, yeah, 100% Laney, well, exactly what you said. It's it's Penrith domination. What about you, Lachlan? Do you agree or are you going to go Manly? I'm going to agree. Sorry, not going to do anything interesting. Um, yeah, it should be Penrith and it should be Penrith by a lot. Um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, just clinical against against Melbourne last week. All right, thank you both. All right, on to the next match. So for the first match on Friday, the Cronulla Sharks are hosting the Gold Coast Titans at Shark Park. We're only just talking about the Titans. So the Sharks are perhaps quite buoyed off um, a big upset last week when they uh, beat the, uh, the South City Rabbitohs 26-16. to 16. Interesting um, performance between these two. Also, the uh, Titans last week, as we touched on earlier, uh, they lost to the Warriors 28-18 to 18 at home. These two teams, really quite bizarre. So for the Sharks, they've had they've won two of their last five matches. Titans, who seem to keep showing that they have a lot of grit and are always edging towards a possible win, just always just somehow let that lead or let that chance slip away from them. So they've only had one win in the past uh, five matches, and that was their win over the Cowboys. Um, I remember Emma saying that she's finished crying about that particular loss. Um, but between these two sides... Oh, this is going to be a really interesting match to watch. The Sharks are sitting on sixth place and the Titans are sitting on 13th place. What can we expect from this match, Lachlan? Friday evening at Shark Park and the Sharks, they're coming off that win which broke their three-game losing streak over in Perth. So they've had to travel through some time zones over the past few weeks, but I'm sure that won't make much of a difference. Uh, for them, team news-wise, Ronaldo Militalo, he was named last week, I believe, and then was a late withdrawal, but... He's also been named this Tuesday set to return on the wing, which means uh, Mawene Hiroti would make way for him. Uh, Thomas Tableton suffered a concussion last time out, so that means Je- Jesse Colohoun will replace him on the bench. Meanwhile, the visiting team, the Titans, they're coming off that loss to the Warriors that we've discussed, uh, and that pretty much sees the end of their finals hopes kind of go out the door, at least realistically. There's still a mathematical chance for a little while yet. Their big news is Big Tino returning from suspension as a straight swap for the now-suspended Mo Fodawaker. Uh, meanwhile, AJ Brimson is, has not been named, so Jaden Campbell be in that number one spot. Jamin Jolliffe is back from a broken hand, which has seen him sidelined over the past month. And Isaac Lee reverts to the bench with Isaac Fasul Malaawi dropping out um, as his brother comes in, somewhat ironically. And Sam Verrills is set to miss the rest of the season. That was the big news kind of out of Titans camp this week as well. So that means Chris Randall will be the starting number nine and English import Cruz Leeming going onto the bench. On paper, I think this should be the Sharks game. Uh, They've got a lot to play for kind of just in that top eight at the moment. And I think they'll be pretty buoyed off, off last week. And yeah, the Titans, as you said, Laney, they've shown grit, but they've just, I don't think they haven't shown enough for me. To, to convince me to, that they'll be able to push the Sharks all the way. So, yeah, I think Cronulla, and I think Cronulla by maybe 14, a bit more than two tries. What do you think, Gabby? Yeah, that was you made some great points, and I completely agree. I think Cronulla are trying to hone their way in on the top eight, and I think the Titans last week, as I mentioned, they were my best team, but I think it's a little too late. It will be impressive, though. I think Jaden Campbell's like in that fullback position is brilliant. And you said it at the start, Laney, with AJ Brimson being rested. Jaden Campbell's, it's almost like you'd nearly rather him there. And I love AJ Brimson. But yeah, it's just at this point in the season, the Sharks have just got too much going for them. And it's a home game. What do they call like Shark Park, the Bermuda Triangle? They can just pull it out of anywhere, the Sharks. What do you think, Laney? I'm not convinced of the Sharks yet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced. I'm a bit like like that comment that you made about the Roosters. We're still yet to see some proof to show that you deserve to be there. And I've kind of felt that the Sharks, they're not pretenders, but I think it's kind of obvious to a lot of teams how to take them down, except maybe the Souths last week. But I, I certainly feel that the reason why Souths lost last week is because they're still trying to work out Latrell and all that other stuff. So, so I mean, lost the, because of Souths, not because of Cronulla. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I I know that sounds unfair, but, you know, Titans, they, there there are moments where I see the Titans where they, they look like they're able to just work out an upset and mastermind one a little bit. 
a little bit more than what I think the Sharks could do. I don't know. It's just a feeling. Maybe I'm just trying to justify what, what my feeling is. But, yeah, I, I'm not sold on the Sharks yet. I think the Titans rattled you a little bit last week. Okay? The Warriors <laughs> yeah, but, a little bit of a scare. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I mean, like, I can't I can't sort of look at that match and think, you know, the Titans were, weren't the better team. Like, the Warriors really lacked in some parts too. With 12 yeah. men on the pitch, they were still able to put up the fight they did. So I don't want to sort of dismiss the Titans because I think they they could they could just piss off a couple of other teams who are hoping to you know keep their place or try and like get into the eight and but the way Jaden was playing and how he just manages to slip through tackles like he's nothing I mean he looks like Neo dodging bullets sometimes when um players are trying to take him down and you know and he just has that great speed. He can zigzag through them. He's very agile and he's a quick thinker with that eyes up footy. I'm not saying it's just one person, but then you've got a Lufiana Camperer and a bunch of others where it's like, I don't know. I just, I think I like the Titans better. And I've seen the Sharks, you know, even when the win was kind of handed to them, they just couldn't work out their defence. At least the Titans have a better defence. So that's why I'm going for the Titans. That's the kind of devil's advocate we needed. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Very well recent devil's advocate. No, definitely. You nearly convinced me to change my tip. <laughs> we'll see you end up winning. <laughs> oh, dear me. Thank you, Lachlan. All right, so the second-place Brisbane Broncos are hosting the ninth-place Parramatta Eels at the Gabba for the primetime match on Friday. So both teams are coming off a win, although it's the Broncos who are on a winning streak. They've won their past five matches, and they looked pretty strong against the Cowboys in that 2015 grand final rematch up in Townsville. And for this particular match, we also have the Eels coming off a win over the Dragons in the last round with a score of 26-20. The Eels are currently sitting on ninth place. This match is looking like it could be pretty exciting or it could be as predictable as we think it will be. Tell us, Gabby, what can we expect from this particular match? Yeah, I'm actually really excited for this game and I don't know whether it's because it does have the potential to be an absolute whitewash against Parramatta or it could be one of those games that try for try, who knows. But the last time these sides met, they clashed in Darwin in round eight and the Broncos won 26-16. So the Broncos are actually now looking to pursue their first minor premiership since 2000, whereas Parramatta, are, like you said, Lainey, they're sitting at ninth and they're facing a, they're facing the Broncos, the Roosters and Penrith before coming up to a final round bye. So they will need to really get their stuff together to be a part of the finals run for a fifth straight season. Um, I'm not actually sure they'll make it, but we'll see this week for the Broncos. Adam Reynolds and Kobe Hetherington returned from injuries that kept them on the sidelines last week against the Cowboys. Uh, Jordan Rickey is also back in the 17, having been 18th man last week after recovering from a foot injury. Dane Mariner comes in on the wing for Jesse Arthurs, who will be following HIA protocols this week. And with Rickey and Hetherington back on deck, Xavier Wilson and Corey Jensen will drop out of the squad. For Brad Arthur's men this week, Dijan Arcee joins the side in the centres with Bailey Simonson shifting to the wing and last week's debutant Arthur Miller-Steven dropping out. So he was a late inclusion for Isaac Lumi Lumi, I think, last week. And he did relatively well, scoring a try on debut, but he's been dropped out of the side this week. Andrew Davey has been included in the starting side with Brendan Hands and Ryan Madison named on the bench. So that's the team list for this week. Look, Parramatta, to me, they weren't very convincing against the Dragons. <laughs> it was an odd game to watch, and you guys know how I feel about the Dragons. Um, I was actually quite shocked that Parramatta didn't put on more of a show, but it's very, very hard this week to go against Brisbane, um, very similar to Penrith, where we can see how good they are each and every week. They're just consistently brilliant. Each, each player is consistently brilliant. They've got a few ins that'll be really good for them this week with Adam Reynolds coming back. I think that will be massive, although they didn't really struggle without him. But I think a lot of people predicted that they would. Brisbane, 100%. But um, I won't say that too loud in this house. Lachlan, who are you going to go for? Back at the Gabba again for the Broncos. Just trying to think of something to add. You really sums it all up well there. Yeah. Brisbane. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> what about you, Lainey? I'm going for the Broncos. They are like my second favourite team. So I'm actually wondering how the Eels are going to fare there because 
like they really need their fans to feel them on the field. Um, and this isn't going to be a big Parramatta crowd turning out at the Gabba for this one. So, yeah, good luck, guys. Broncos have a pretty good winning rate out there. They've got two out of two. Uh, they've worked out where all the good places to kick and <laughs> all that sort of stuff on the field. Um, and this will be the first time that Eels have headed up there. So I am, I am definitely seeing that the Broncos are going to win this. I'm not sure how the Eels could convince me otherwise, much like you said, Gabby, even in their past few matches. I don't know whether we've seen the peak of the Eels and this is them sort of making their way down again. You know, I'm not being mean here, but they do have some really tired guys on that side who have been turning up most weeks and there's a little bit more tape appearing on the knees and the legs and the arms. So um, look, I'm not too sure. I am definitely going to go for the Broncos for this. They're too good. Like, even if you look at their stats. Far superior. Sorry. All right. Thank you, Gabby. All right. So the first of three matches for Saturday will be up in North Queensland on the doorstep of the Great Barrier Reef, uh, Reef in beautiful Cairns. So I don't think either the South Sydney Rabbitohs or the St George Illawarra Dragons will get the chance to go stalking, though. However, with recent news of assistant coach Sam Burgess heading to the UK to coach the Warrington Wolves for two years, this could also be a subtropical farewell to the club veteran after the game. Who knows? Great destination. So with the Rabbitohs as a hosting team for this match out at Barlow Park for this mid-afternoon match, Gabby, the Bunnies are travelling again back on the East Coast after they lost in Perth last week. And the Dragons, they're 16th on the ladder and they suffered at the hands of the Eels last week. These two teams in their history only have one win separating them, and that's in favour of the Bunnies. However, earlier this year, the Dragons beat the Bunnies 36-30, to and before that, last season, 32-12. to It's certainly a must-win game for the Bunnies if they want to maintain their eighth position on the ladder. Can they get the win in Cairns to keep fans' hopes alive? Oh, I don't know. These two teams are old foes, aren't they? With Dragons beating the Bunnies in round 15, I think it was, in it was a pretty high-scoring game. Um, I think the Bunnies will be on high alert this week and as they try to regain some composure, I think, before they face the Dragons, the Knights and the Roosters in their final matches of the regular season. So they've got a pretty good run home. But the Dragons, meanwhile, They've pushed, they pushed Manly and Parramatta to their limit in the past fortnight. I think you guys obviously know how I feel about the Dragons, but they've put on a bit of a show as a plate. And there were some crucial calls that went against them in the game against Parramatta on Sunday. So I think they'll be looking to prove a bit of a point this week. There are a few changes to both teams this week. So for the Rabbitohs, Thomas Burgess will need his team to make the finals if he is to play again this season after he copped a three-match ban for a careless high tackle in Saturday's loss to the Sharks. Shaq Mitchell takes over his position at prop. Jai Arrow has been named in the side despite being forced from the field last week with back spasms. Um, so he could he may be a late out, but he has been named so far. Jacob Host comes into the back row at the expense of Michael Cheekham, while Tane Milne regains his place on the wing after being 18th man last week. So there are a few changes there for the Bunnies. For the Dragons this week, prop Francis Molo is out after displaying Category 1 concussion symptoms following a head clash against the Eels. So his brother Michael moves to the front row. Ben Murdoch-Masilla is the new lock and Toby Couchman has been added to the bench. Centre Moses Suli is back on deck after missing the Eels game with a calf injury. However, Zach Lomax has been sidelined by a shoulder injury and Jack Bird has also suffered a shoulder injury and is expected to miss Saturday's clash against the Rabbits. So I have a little bit of a theory on this part of the season, which is the teams that are quite obviously not going to make the finals i.e. the Dragons, they have a lot less to play for. So it's almost like the pressure is off and we're seeing them play much better footy. So even we could even classify the Titans in that little grouping in my theory here. I guess, yeah, that's all I can explain in terms of why the Dragons have sort of come together a little bit more towards the end of the season. I'm going to go the Bunnies here purely because at some point they've got to prove that they're finals contenders that they're any sort of contenders, really. They've got to get it together, and I think now is the time. But, again, the Dragons might do it. The Dragons might stun us all. Um, I just can't go and tip the Dragons because that would be inconsistent of me. <laughs> what do you guys think, Lachlan? Maybe maybe talk some sense into me here. Am I making any sense? <laughs> making a heap of sense, Gabby. Firstly, making a lot more sense than this season has, I should say. 
firstly, I'm just really excited for this game. I think it's going to be a cracker. That that kind of charity shield rivalry between these two sides, they always turn it on when they're playing each other. And up at um, such a it's a nice venue up in Cairns. I would love to be there. It's home of the the Northern Pride. If if you're around Cairns, like go to the game for sure. There'll be a game beforehand as well with the Pride against um, the Western Clydesdales, which are, are a new team in the QRL, making their, their inaugural season up in Tier 2. So I think it'd just be a great day of footy. And I think um, both Souths and Dragons will really play some of their best footy that they have in quite a while. And I think we'll really see what their full potential is for both of these sides. And I reckon it'll go down to the wire. But yeah, bunnies for me. What about you, Lainey? Look, there are a lot of Souths fans that live up in Cairns. I didn't know this, but like my little brother lives up there and um, he's got a workmate who, who always puts on the phone to have an argument with me about why Souths are great um, each week. But I know from talking to my brother that quite a lot of people actually support South, so they're going to get a big turnout of fans for this, probably much more than the Dragons. I am going to tip the Dragons for this, for the upset, only because, like you say, they've got nothing to lose. And, and like, there's been a bunch of teams like that, you know, when you think about it, you know, the, the sort of the bottom of the table and then, like, you know, three, three matches out from finals, they suddenly start beating teams and playing fantastic. This could be one of those. You know, like myself, when I think about Latrell's performance since he's been back, the team's just been a little bit unsettled. I don't know, or whether it's their their roster, their um, drawer of like traveling up, traveling around a lot. But WA one week, and now they're up north this week. It's just where are they finding time to properly prep and get themselves ready? Like you know, that's a lot of time in the air, um, and not a lot of time on the field. So I don't know who came up with this arrangement where at this end of the of the draw that they're doing this much travel but look I'm happy for the fact that they're taking the game up north because I know they love rugby league out there Queenslanders they want to see big teams like this and they'll turn up in droves for it but I don't know there's there's also like really big Pacific Island contingent that live up in Cairns and I can already see a few names on the Dragon side who've got a lot of relatives <laughs> that would probably be turning up for that match. But I also know there are a lot of South supporters, you know, the Indigenous community who are going to turn up and big support for South. So I think this will be an interesting game to watch. I think there'll probably be more activity happening um, amongst the stands with fans <laughs> to look out for. That might be quite interesting. I feel, Gabby, Dragons are a deceiving side and, like, playing into that, I think the deception is that we think that they're not going to win and they might come out and disappoint the Rabbitohs for this. What does your crystal ball say? We're still saying that they're deceitful, but as I said, it's it's this theory I have. I think that they could do it. I think at this end of the season it's like, well, what have we got to lose? Let's just go out there and I think the pressure's off and they've had a lot of noise around them this year and I think it's just maybe let's just get it done. I don't know. But I see why you, you would pick them. Exactly. It could if they were to win, they could win now. But I think if they beat the rabbits, I think it's time for us all to write the rabbits off, if that's the case. But I don't know, I can hear rabbits and dragons fans coming after me right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going dragons for the upset. I think dragons will feel it without Lomax. Yeah. He's, true. He's had, he's had some good games lately. Uh, thank you, Gabby. <clears throat> For the second match on Saturday, we head across the Tasman for a late afternoon match in Hamilton. As the West Tigers are the apparent hosts to the New Zealand Warriors, should be a pretty good crowd for this match. Lachlan, the Tigers are still not able to find any victories as we near the end of the playing season. And with a 15% win rate so far, in their last match against the Raiders, they showed that, again, the second half fight back is in pretty good nick for them. Um, and they look like they could have secured a victory. So they're up against the Warriors, who took the win over the Gold Coast Titans in the last round at the Gold Coast with a 10-point margin. A little scrappy for my liking, but they remain third on the NRL ladder and the Tigers at number 17. I've mentioned in the past the loyalty of Tiger supporters. I wonder if any will make the trip to New Zealand. But what is your assessment of these two sides for this Hamilton match? Well, firstly, I'd certainly love to um, go for a trip over to New Zealand to watch this game. Unfortunately, not going to be the case. But yeah, so the Tigers made headlines kind of probably six months ago when the draw came out, choosing to take this home game to New Zealand. And they said this was because of the sacrifices the Warriors have had to make over the past few years due to COVID. And I think I can be proud of the Tigers for doing that. They're one of the, I think they're the only club that have done that this year. 
Tigers coming off a narrow loss to the Raiders, as you said, at GIO. It seems to be the same pattern every week. Like, we're always in it, um, apart from a few blowouts. But most of the time, we're really we're in the fight. And it just doesn't go according to plan. And I don't know what's going wrong, to be honest. I don't think anyone does. But yeah, just cannot find that win. In terms of team news, Stefano Tuikamanu and Sean Bloor, they're both back from concussion, which is great for our forward pack. Uh, meanwhile, Charlie Staines, he's had some horrid run of luck this year. He's out with a hamstring injury just after he's come back from a massive stint on the sideline. Uh, and Junior Tupo will take his spot on the wing with AJ Kapoa sliding into his vacated spot in the centres. Meanwhile, Alex Tuol returns to the bench to make way for those forwards and Just Matamua and Atasi James drop out of the 17. So just a bit of a reshuffle, nothing too significant in terms of the spine. Yeah, for the away team, the Warriors, despite playing in Hamilton, um, they're looking great. They're sitting third and two points clear of, I think, Melbourne and Raiders behind them. And they are on their way for their, to their first top four finish since 2007 under Ivan Cleary. So that's um, a long, long time. So I think I'm, I want them to finish top four. I think they're one of my teams that I'm kind of barracking for as a second team at the moment up at the, the top end of the ladder. I certainly prefer them to be in the grand final to Penrith or Brisbane, to be honest. They've got a four-game winning streak now after that 28-18 win over the Titans on the Gold Coast. So unfortunately for the Warriors, Chance Nickel Crookstar is out through a head knock. So Taney Tuolpiki takes uh, the number one jersey. When I saw this clash, my mind went back to the game last year where the Warriors played their first game in New Zealand since COVID started and the Tigers were their opponent. And I had my hopes up for that game. The Tigers were in a similar position at that point. And um, I thought the build-up would might be a bit much for the Warriors. They were expecting a massive crowd. And I really thought we'd be able to get the better of them. And I just remember listening to – I was listening to the radio. I was out and about listening to that game just as the Warriors ran in try after try. And I think it's going to go fairly similar on Kiwi turf. So I'm going to say Warriors by eight. I think the Tigers will – maybe hang in there towards the back end or score some tries when it really doesn't matter. But yeah, Warriors for me, I think will be an intriguing one. What do you think, Gabby? Yeah, I'm going to go the Warriors too, but like my theory with the Dragons, Tigers might come in and just go, hey, let's just shut these Warriors down. (laughs) They think they're all that at the top of the ladder. Well, let's just give them a run. Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to go the Warriors. (laughs) I'm just trying to give... Tigers fans, just trying to give you hope, Lachlan, Tigers fans hope, Dragons fans, all those at the bottom of the ladder, a little bit of hope because you've got to have something towards the end of the season. (laughs) Lainey, well, we obviously know who you're going to back. Well, I mean, it's great that the Tigers get a little short, you know, vacation over in New Zealand. (laughs) They might start their Mad Monday over there. How good. (laughs) They might. (laughs) Yeah, they certainly might do that. Look. Looking at the sides side by side, right, at both both teams, are you trying to tell me that Luke Brooks is a better halfback than Sean Johnson? Me? Am I trying to say that? I mean, like, like, like <laughs> no, well, he's not. You know, if you're talking about, you know, nothing left to lose. And then, I like, several of the other players as well lining up. Yeah, we do have some, like, we as in the Warriors, like as if I'm part of the team, uh, we do have, some like pretty heavy guys um, within our backs and some like big forwards. Um, I don't mean to be mean when I say this, but I remember back in the day when David Clemmer used to be someone that people would run from. Now he's just not quite that guy anymore. And when you've got guys like Mitchell Barnett, Jackson Ford and Marata Nyukori who are running at you, they're scarier to me than someone like Clemmer and maybe even Bobali. I mean, don't, no disrespect, uh, Lachlan. Um, it's just like if you if you see them, like when you see both sides line up, you'll see an obvious size difference as well between the, um, the two teams. I am going for the Warriors. I expect that with the home crowd that they'll be able to pick themselves up. I bloody hope that they've worked on what's been going on the last two games because I mentioned their slack defence dropping off in that Raiders match. And last week, you know, I've already said that, you know, they should really not have struggled that hard against a team that had one man off the pitch. So I'm hoping that they can maintain that um, third position on the ladder and come out with a win for this. They'll miss CNK, uh, like Charles Nickel Clockstad, you know, like it's, it's a shame that he's out. But yeah, Tainan Tawabiki did prove that he's able to sort of pick up and and um, fill that fullback position. Although Tain Tawabiki um, and Jareen Buller, to me, are kind of the same. So I'll be interested to see how those two fullbacks go on the field. 
team probably has a little bit more experience than um, Jareem, but Jareem's actually been proving to be a pretty good fullback. David Nafoluma will probably run in some tries. I don't know, is Api Korosel also going to be converting for this match as he was in the last match? Because what's his kicking conversion like versus someone like Sean Johnson? <laughs> Thank you, Lachlan. Right, the final match for Saturday is a round one rematch. Uh, with the Sydney Roosters hosting the Dolphins at Moore Park for the prime time slot. The Roosters are the favourites for this match, sitting at number 12 on the ladder, with the Dolphins sitting at number 14. And in the recent round, the Roosters had an interesting game against Manly with a send-off after 60 minutes, and Manly getting a sin-bin minutes before that send-off. So as Nathan Brown was sent off the field for a high tackle, or Manly is Ben Trevojevic. Uh, the Roosters still took the win, winning that match 26-16. Uh, to 16. Uh, But the Dolphins in their last match, it was a... Quite a cracker game against the Newcastle Knights. I actually found it quite entertaining, but unfortunately, with a final score of 30 to 28, they couldn't get the win, which means they come into this match at Moore Park with three straight losses under their belt. So to the teams, for the Roosters, the only change to the Roosters squad from the last round in their win over Manly is forward Dylan Nupper who comes in for the suspended Nathan Brown. So Dylan's been playing in the New South Wales Cup this season for the Roosters, and he hasn't played in the NRL since 2021 for the Bulldogs, and he's been away playing for the Super League team, the Catlins Dragons. So I'm actually quite keen to see how he fares. I I do think he will be fine, but I think it's also great to have him back in the NRL. For the Dolphins, Ray Stone is named to start on the bench. He broke his hand in the Dolphins' round 20 match against the Panthers. For some reason... This recovery feels a bit quick for me for a broken hand. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for him and any drop balls, but hopefully he doesn't re-injure it. So with Ray Stone back, that means Herman Essie becomes the 18th man. So Wayne Bennett has switched things around a little bit. So he's um, placing Cody Nikorima at fullback and Hamiso Tabwafido, he be- moves into the centre. I'll be interested to see how that dynamic dynamic works with the Dolphins because he's worn the number one jersey a lot for the Dolphins this season. Um, although we have seen that Hamiso can play centre well, like he did for the Queensland Maroons. Also, Ewan Aiken remains out with a knee injury. Hopefully, it's recovering well. He's quite an effective player for the Dolphins, and I'm sure they're likely feeling his absence. So in their last match, we saw some normal, air quotes, Roosters play. Um, and I, I say normal because we're perhaps seeing, you know, elements of the Roosters that we know. Although Manly had much more possession, better completion and fairly good defence, the Roosters were actually able to convert many more of those opportunities into points at the SCG. So they only have one more win than the Dolphins. And after losing to them earlier in the year when they headed into that match with some cockiness, I wonder if they'll approach this match a little bit differently. So certainly the Dolphins are lacking depth and they don't have a high-flying, uh, you know, high-profile t- uh, side like the Roosters do, but they do have other stats that show they could be a formidable opponent for the Roosters. So Dolphins in their last match, they had much more possession and better completion rates, but it was ball discipline that cost them, especially after the Knights had made an error that really gifted them the ball. And Valence Tefare sadly knocked it on within a minute of full time, which took away the opportunity for them to be able to put some points on and possibly win the match. Also, there were some missed conversions. I talked about that before. So this one's actually kind of hard for me to tip, but I reckon a smart person would back the Roosters. And as I touched on, um, heavyweight, uh, and they are quite an experienced side, you know, they have had fewer injuries. The Dolphins, they are struggling. We have talked a lot about how they're really just trying to save their season and not head to the wooden spoon position as quickly as it looks like they are. You never know, um, Lachlan, they might end up stealing that spot from the Tigers. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's going to happen this season. But they do have some weapons within the Dolphins team, so they're able to mount an attack when they need to. And I'm not sure why this is, but the Roosters have suddenly decided, you know, since the last round to bounce back and uh, show that they can actually um, get some form together. That's the reason why it's a little bit difficult for me because I've seen elements in which the Dolphins are really trying to fight to maintain the lead and win the game, but I haven't been seeing a lot of that from the Roosters. So if it comes down to desire, I feel like the desire is greater for the Dolphins to to stay in and um, into, you know, play an 80-minute match and try and get a win over what the Roosters have been showing. So for this one, like I said, my brain would say tip the Roosters, but my heart's actually tipping the Dolphins. I'm not sure what the margin will be. I think it might actually be fairly close, around about four to six points. What do you think, Gabby? I completely agree with you. This is a really hard game, which I wasn't expecting, but now that you've sort of delivered those stats, it's kind of like, yeah, 
it could go either way. I think, like you touched on, Lainey, if you look at these two teams overall, like you look at their whole season, it's almost like the Dolphins have worked so hard and gone above and beyond to prove themselves, whereas the Roosters, it's almost like they've just been lucky to scrape by and now they've decided to get it together. And it's like I look at this and I'm I'm going to go the Roosters this week, but it's like they will get the win. The Dolphins are the are the team that, I don't know, you can't give out awards for the hardest working teams overall when they're wherever they are placed on the ladder compared to the Roosters. But, yeah, just like you said, Lainey, if Desire was, like if we were competing for Desire, the Dolphins have got it covered. And I think what they can take away from this season is that they they did their best and they're not and they didn't end up last place. I don't think they'll end up last place at all. I think they can end up in somewhere around the middle. That's a good decent season for them. And the Roosters, they don't deserve to be where they are. And if they make the finals, they definitely don't deserve to be there either. But they've it's the Roosters. It's almost like it'd be unbelievable if they wouldn't. They've got such a strong side. So yeah, I'm gonna go the Roosters, but I do have a soft spot for the Dolphins. Lachlan? Does- Probably the game of the round for me. I'm very excited for this one. I think also because I just feel connected to this game, I was able to go to the round one match, which was crazy. And I just think if this serves up even half of that craziness, then um, yeah, it will just be quite the spectacle. I think both of these teams will look at where they've gone from that first round and the Roosters will be pretty shocked to find themselves only two points ahead of the Dolphins on the ladder. Like... To suggest that at the start of the season that the the new team would be so close to you know the Roosters who just had won two premierships in a row not that long ago, yeah, it's just not something anyone would have seen coming. So, yeah, disappointing campaign for the Roosters and a very very solid campaign from the Dolphins. Obviously, having some issues now towards the back end as foreseen, but I think they'll be motivated to kind of show um, everyone prove everyone wrong like they did again back in round one. Um, if they have quite, they will find the motivation to be able to show up and show that their season isn't over just yet. They'll want a few more wins, and that I think the Roosters could be um, could become the victim for the second time to the Dolphins. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I started this thinking I was going to go for the Roosters. Like when I started speaking, I was like, yeah, I'm going to tip the Roosters, but now I've just convinced myself. So I'm going to go the Dolphins. Yay, Lachlan. I'm I'm also really keen to see what JWH and Jesse Bromwich look like when they come up against each other on the field. I reckon that's going to be interesting, very interesting. Because, yeah, there, there are a few personalities within both sides, which I know they know how to get under people's skin, <laughs> especially on the field, and they know how to antagonise properly. And, yeah, there are several players on the Dolphin side and on the Roosters side. So, I don't know, maybe there's a, there's a biff alert for this particular match. Not sure. Thank you both. So the first of the Sunday matches sees the Melbourne Storm return to, return to their usual home ground, which might be a nice familiar feeling as they look forward to hosting the Canberra Raiders. Not to have you relive it, Gabby, but the Storm are coming off a loss to the Panthers and the Raiders are coming off a win over the Tigers, both evenly matched teams in their performance this season with 12 wins each, both on 30 points. And with the Storm, they're at fourth place and the Raiders on fifth. Both these teams, they'll be pretty eager to uh, be the victor out of this match. Gabby, this be I think quite an exciting early afternoon match and a chance for the Storm to show they can beat the Raiders having lost to them twice last year will your Storm side be up to the challenge and dismiss the Raiders at their home? I don't know I'm so nervous this game oh, this I'm more nervous this week than last week I almost accepted fate last week and was like yeah Penrith will beat them but this week the Raiders it's just something about them at Amy Park it just never works out for us so they do sit one place behind us on the ladder and the last time we played them, they beat the Raiders beat Melbourne in the first week of the finals. So they knocked us out of the finals in last year, 2022. So, and that was at Amy Park. So I personally haven't gotten over that game and it's almost been a year. Um, so I hold on to things, obviously. So although Melbourne go in as favourites to this game, because they do sit one position higher. I don't think that really means anything. If history is anything to go by, the Raiders should be really confident, which I hate saying this, but they should be really confident after winning their last five games at Amy Park. So there are only a few minor changes to both sides this week, 
So for Melbourne, halfback Jerome Hughes and winger Xavier Coates are both returning from injuries this week, while Remus Smith has been listed amongst the reserves as he looks to return from a hip injury. Bronson Garlick is a new face on the bench and he is taking the place of Tyron Wishart, who drops to the reserves. And with the Raiders confirming that Seb Chris will likely spend the remainder of the season on the sideline with a hamstring injury, New South Wales under-19 star Ethan Strange will make his NRL debut in the centres. So a little fun fact about Ethan Strange, and you probably know this already, Lachlan. I saw this before we recorded. Ethan Strange will be making his debut for the Raiders. His dad coaches, he's a coach for the Roosters, and then his sister plays in the NRLW for the Knights, I think. I think that's how it is. So it's a whole little NRL family. So it'll be exciting for Ethan and his family this weekend as he makes his debut. So other than that inclusion of Ethan Strange, uh, Ricky has stayed with his normal squad that beat the Tigers last week. So, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm very nervous about this. We've mentioned before that Melbourne don't often lose twice in a row. They often bounce back pretty well after a loss and a Craig Bellamy spray. But the Raiders, they're annoying, especially in Melbourne. They always just crush our hopes and dreams. And I just think that there's a chance that they could do that this weekend. They're like the bogey team for Melbourne. And I don't know. I'm obviously going Melbourne, but I'm so interested to see what you guys are going this week because it is, it's, they're literally nearly identical on the ladder. Lachlan, who are you going to go? I'm going to go Storm, but I would be really nervous if I were you, Gabby. Um, I think not least because... I think Storm should win, and I think a lot of people think Storm should win. This is going to be a very crucial next few weeks for both of these sides. Basically, they're in direct competition for fourth at the moment. Like This is a game that will have direct impacts on the finals and possibly even grand finalists. So, yeah, I'm excited for this one, but I think Storm should be able to do it. Uh, yeah, who knows with the Raiders what you're going to get. What do you think, Lainey? I'm not sure about this one as well. I, look, I... There were some moments in that game last week against the Panthers where I kind of wondered, is are, are the Storm, like, are they able to cope with, like, um, these sort of big pressure games normally or was it just because of the Panthers? I personally, and this is just going off watching Melbourne so much, I don't think they'll they'll make it this year. It's just after watching them last week, crack under pressure and it can't just be because Jerome Hughes wasn't there. Munster was frazzled. I think Harry Grant got a bit frazzled. The Like you said, Lachlan, how clinical Penrith are. They just, like Nathan Cleary, Isaiah Yo, out to Brian Toto, like they just do it every time and I just don't think that not only Melbourne, I think a lot of teams aren't going to come up well against like a team like Penrith and especially going into the finals. I don't think Melbourne will be there and I hate that I say that but it's honest. And after last week, I sort of just accepted that fate. Yeah, there were some shockers from the Storm side that last match. Um, I, like I wondered, is it is it because they're just intimida- intimidated by the fact that it's Panthers or is it because they're out in Penrith and there's just barely any Storm supporters out there? Uh, and, you know, just sort of thinking back to that Raiders game um, against the Broncos when I was up in Brisbane, it was an away game for Raiders and Broncos – all the fans turned out to cheer them on, to cheer on the Broncos. Very few um, Raiders supporters in the crowd, but Raiders were actually able to hold their nerve and like sort of block out the fan noise uh, pretty well. They knew what they had to do and they came quite prepared. And I was even still surprised that the Broncos lost. With Sebastian Chris out for the Raiders, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that um, that might be a player that they'll miss. Uh, Timoko plays pretty well. Um, and Jordan Rapana did all right at fullback last week um, outside of his usual position. But, you know, our mate Corey Hallsborough is uh, named on the side and he knows how to also antagonize, antagonize players. So I think he'll be a bit of a master of that for this um, matchup against Storm. I'm hoping that the Storm can work it out, but I'll tip the Storm. But I think it's only going to be like about six points. Like it, It'll be a try in it, I think. I'm hoping that they're not too rattled after that loss last week and they can recalibrate and come in with a win for you this week, Gabby. Me too. I can't suffer two weeks in a row. 
Thank you. All right, the final match of the NRL is in Newcastle with the Newcastle Knights hosting the Canterbury Bulldogs in front of what I can only imagine is going to be a very strong Knights fan base. Uh, the Knights have cantered into the seventh spot on the ladder with a single point ahead of the Rabbitohs. It feels like a recent memory when the Knights trounced the Bulldogs with a score of 66 to nil, and here they're facing up again. Although with the Knights having the home crowd advantage, Lachlan, the Bulldogs are coming off a bye, and prior to that, they secured a single point win over the Dolphins. The Knights, as we would say, are on fire, but I'd say as a team that has only won half of their matches this season and moving into number seven, now with five straight wins, they are a team that are clearly on a mission, leaving a trail of victims in their wake. What can we look forward to for this final match of the round? Yeah, it's a really crucial one for the Knights. I'm completely baffled by where they've pulled this form from. I have no clue um, what has happened. I'd really love some insight into that if anyone behind the scenes at the Knights knows what's going on. Like, did they change their diets or something? I don't know, pre-game ritual. But, gee, what a marked turnaround. Um yeah, hopefully big crowd. I think we can expect a massive crowd at Newcastle for this one. Uh, yeah, five-game winning streak, as you said, and now suddenly they're, they're a team that, like, if they can keep this going, there's not many weeks left in this regular season. They could really be heading into the finals on a massive streak with a lot of momentum behind them. Um, reminding me slightly of the Cowboys, maybe, when was it, when they went all the way to the grand final? I think 2017 when they finished eighth and then went all the way. But yeah, both of these teams last time out was against the Dolphins. That gives us something to compare the pair slightly. So the home team, the Knights, they won 30-28 to last week against the Dolphins all the way over on the West Coast in Perth. Uh, Team news, the injured Bradman Best is out, so Inari Tuala slots straight in for him. Meanwhile, the Bulldogs, they've cleared the bottom of the ladder pretty comfortably now. Um, They look, they'll miss the wooden spoon, so um, I guess that's one objective (laughs) Uh, in a bit of a disappointing season that they've cleared. But uh, they're coming off the bye, as you said, and the week before that they also played the Dolphins. So that was a 23-22 win. So by one point compared to Newcastle's two-point win last week, so both very narrow margins. Uh, Team news for Canterbury-Bankstown. Luke Thompson will play his first NRL game of the season after his long-term injury. Uh, Has seen him miss, yeah, pretty much the entirety of 2023. I think he's played two cup games possibly before making this return to the NRL. He replaces Harrison Edwards on the bench. Okay, I've got Knights by four written down, and I'm going to stick with that. The Bulldogs, I don't know what to say here. The Knights, both of these teams are just baffling to me. I think Knights by four, though, that's a good call. I think the only thing that makes me nervous is that Bradman bests out. I think he's really influential for them. But, like, oh, my goodness, they're in the top eight. I really hope they stay there. Part of me... I am going to just make a really bold prediction and this will test whether Emma will listen to this week's show. I think the Knights will be there and the Cowboys won't be. Bold, I know, especially because the Cowboys will get two points this week. I know it's bold, but we'll go. That's probably the least amount of clarity you're going to get, Lachlan. (laughs) Um, That's probably the craziest uh, statement I'll make all night, but, yeah, we'll see. Lainey? Well, Gabby, I don't know whether your tipping powers and whatever are working against the Cowboys still, but if that's what you say, then the Cowboys are going to get there, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe. This is hard. Um, yeah, but, I mean, like Greg Marju, he looked a bit rattled last week um, in that match, but he was able to save it in a try. Ponga, Crossland, able to get the team focus. Bradman Best, I think you're right, Gabby, um, with him missing, the, the, I think they're going to miss him and they're going to feel it. Uh, Bulldogs, they've got Kiko and interested to see how the Bulldogs have been recalibrating with him back now that they've had the bye round to work on their attack. Um, yeah, we know Sunday can be a bit strange, so maybe this is one of those one of those funny matches. I am excited to see the Knights um, sort of make it further up um, the ladder and just dispatch all these other teams. Um, I had a look to see who they've got. But, I mean, if they keep going without injuries, they've got some teams to face that I can see them overcoming to stay in the top eight, including including the Bunnies next round and then the Sharks, followed by the Dragons. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for Knights for this. I know if Emma was here, she'd likely say the Knights might prove to be pretty strong with the home ground advantage, but would hope for the Bulldogs to win so the Knights can fall down and let her Cowboys climb up as the Cowboys because uh, after the, the Cowboys buy round, they'll have 28 points, so it will keep them near the top eight. That's looking pretty good. Um, Bulldogs, though, we know what they're like. 
they can just decide that they want to play a great game and maybe this last week has really helped them and they'll come back and just kind of stun Knights and all of this talk that we're talking about, Knights getting there, Bulldogs will be like, another one out of the way, shut you all up and don't get too excited. Who knows? But, yeah, nice for me for, for this match. And I reckon it'll probably be about eight points because they've had some close ones, Knights. They're getting the win, but sometimes they're a bit scrappy, like uh, ball discipline, errors, and just like we saw it in last week's game, just really silly, silly mistakes. But, yeah, I think they'll be able to get the win here. Probably, you know, the Phoenix Crossland try and Dominic Young and all the, all the usuals. Thanks, Lachlan. And that's a wrap for this episode of the NRL Show. Thank you so much, Gabby and Lachlan, for sharing your insights and opinions on the NRL. We missed you, Emma, but we hope to have you back next week. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We wish your team a great round of football with no injuries and no suspensions. And if you're heading out to any of the matches, please be safe and have fun. Listeners, we truly appreciate your support and hope you can tune in regularly. So please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us spread the word. You can also leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us reach more people and grow our community. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram for more updates and content. And if you have any questions or comments about this episode or anything related to Rugby League, please feel free to contact us via our socials. We'd love to hear from you. This is the Mojo Sports NRL show where we talk all things Rugby League. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.